Hi, it's Calvin Niles, the Mindful Storyteller, and I am delighted to share with you stories of awakening. Each week, I'm going to be talking to people from around the world of various backgrounds and experiences. People I love, I know, and people I admire, but also those who are completely new to me. One thing all my guests will have in common is that they have been through a journey of awakening. By awakening, I mean a call to higher consciousness and deeper self-awareness beyond material reality. These stories will be real, challenging, funny, stimulating, and insightful. We're going to take our good time with these conversations. So listen from your comfy chair with your favorite drink, or on your weekend stroll, your morning routine, or whatever makes you happy. Stories of Awakening with me, Calvin Niles, and I look forward to you tuning in. Kelsey, I, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation and Stories of Awakening. Um, I saw your work, I read your essays, um, and I was just really like, I got to reach out. <laughs> and I was intrigued, of course, to learn more about your own story, uh, your own call to higher consciousness, and um, especially from, you know, some of the experiences you talked about in your past, but also which have also shaped your outlook on life. And, you know, I'd just love to learn more about your journey and how it all started for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelvin. I'm so excited to be here. And I guess my um, my kind of spiritual awakening started when I began uh, conscious dance through five rhythms and open floor. I um, yeah, I had this string of abusive relationships that kind of the the last of which we actually did a fast together, and I started to have some visits from different spirit guides. Um, uh, one is a, a raven and another was this green dragon that kind of um, flew at me one night like towards the window in my apartment. And so I was just like, okay, I have to figure out what this is or you know what all of these um, visions and visits are um, kind of getting me to look at. So I started to move my body and when I did I realized that like it really was about coming in and awakening those different chakra levels pretty much that first year that I was dancing I would see the floor like the whole floor and the room glow the different chakra colors starting with kind of my heart the first um like one of the first dances I went to when the whole room glowed green and I really felt this kind of tender awakening in my heart. Wow. And yeah, and then as I continued dancing that year, it just, it went through kind of all the different colors and um, I got much more in touch with who I am. Wow. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot here to get stuck into for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for, for summarizing that. So, um, so Kelsey, you were kind of, you were saying that you, it happened for you with the dance. Um, what called you to do conscious dancing? Well, I guess one of the questions I'd love to know um, is what is conscious dancing? 
And then, you know, what called you to that? I mean, did you stumble across it or did you already, were you already seeking something, consciously seeking something? Thanks for being part of this conversation. One of the things I'm learning during this series is that the chapters of each person's story are still being written. If you are conscious of a new story wanting to emerge in your life, but the clutter of your mind is slowing you down, a simple way to start is by decluttering your physical space. Subscribe and download my free ebook, Simplify Your Life, helping you to declutter and make way for the things that matter. Download your free copy at www.simplifyandmakespace.com. Yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, some of the people in the group, um, kind of in the friend group that I had at the time, were conscious dancers and yeah I too was like what is that and um you know as a kid I took like tap ballet and jazz classes but I was never really like a disciplined person so um I never practiced and I joined the club recitals (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was so much fun to dance and I've always loved just dancing um but not felt particularly drawn to like the club scene. So I had been searching for an outlet for dance. So when I heard about the conscious dance, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And it really, um, it is about, it's much more about kind of like a movement meditation, but using dance and the music to um, create the experience that really puts you in a place to go deep deeply inwards and get in touch with the psychic material as well as um you know some facilitators or djs will invite people to engage with each other so that you're in kind of a community or group uh, meditation where you're connecting and then going back inwards and so kind of going out and coming back in and Mm. and even and then if like I would go to some of the six hour workshops or even the two day long workshops and they, in those places, they really work with um, your psychic material moving through the body. And that was the missing piece for me. I hadn't realized I was so disembodied and just in my mind until I began to move and dance and really connect with people like in a healthy way through through the body yeah yeah so so i guess at that time it was you were just naturally curious because of your friendship group and you kind of for lack of a better expression sort of stumbled into conscious dancing in a way so when you say you know you had this awakening experience through that what what actually happened for you i mean did you just come home one day and think because I heard, I know you mentioned, you know, your heart kind of opened and, you know, did you come home after that and have thoughts or experiences? Was that when you were visited by the dragon or, you know, um, what happened? Like after that dance, you know, what changed and, and what was it that really happened for you in your own kind of sensory experience? Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of just sort of immersing myself in sort of the that field of energy and spirituality and um and psychology and 
it started because I was doing the fast and it was the first time I had done anything like that. And my intention really was to like get more in touch with my soul or, you know, the spirit and, and discover more about, you know, how I'm connected in the universe. And so I have that intention going into the, the fasting period and, I also, you know, was, I was really like, um, like not necessarily praying, but really holding all those intentions and writing and self-reflecting about it. And I, um, I put a fire on one night in the fireplace in my apartment. And as I was kind of staring into it, that was when the first um, vision happened. And I saw a, like a past life when I had been much more in touch with spirituality, much more in my body and could feel sort of the passion and um, like the fury of, of that lifetime. And then shortly after that, a bunch of like my spirit guides began visiting me at night or um, yeah. like I said, with the dragon flying in through the window. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, oh man, I'm just going to get my pen and start writing notes for my next novel. <laughs> Um, so did you already at that time were you already was your vocabulary already rich with words like spirit guides and you know getting in touch with my soul and that kind of thing or is that more retrospective uh, as you reflect now that you realize that's what you were doing yeah, well, I had grown up you know, watching Charmed and um, sort of, you know, playing with my friends in high school, trying to be Wiccan um, the way, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, so, I, <laughs> so I knew some of the terminology and um, then in college, um, I was a philosophy major and so I became like an atheist since everyone was that was, you know, a philosophy major at the time. So <laughs> I was like, I have to get rid of all of my sort of witchy, more spiritual things. And um, then, you know, coming out of that, I was like, that's not really who I am, though. There is like, I do feel like there's a deeper meaning and um and purpose to life. And mm. I, you know, at the time that all of this was happening, which was actually only in 2016, um, so not too long ago, I just felt like I was floating and lost and kind of purposeless. And I knew that I did have a purpose and I wanted to find out what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So this um, this kind of what is almost existential questioning, why am I here? And I, I suppose that's ideal for a philosophy student. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, and that's what led you, by this time, had you already done the conscious dancing or, or was that what then started you on the quest? I started pretty much like a week after I had all of the visitations from these spirit guides. And that was, 
oh sorry my cat's meowing (laughs) (laughs) and that was what kind of gave me a structure and a more more a deeper understanding of what was happening for me um so many people that were doing the conscious dance are like also deep meditators and buddhists and coaches and and therapists so i found a community of people who had a language for what i was um you know just discovering sort of experientially and yeah yeah so that really helped to guide me and and really fill that that space and and create more of that field as i was saying that i was really just immersed in yeah yeah so i guess i guess there was even a feeling of emptiness i mean i read uh one or two of your essays of your work that you've published in various uh, channels and um and i remember there was one you talked about your um experience with connecting with your biological mother from a kind of spiritual point of view um i, I may be putting words <laughs> in your mouth here but <laughs> it was definitely not a physical connection was it Right. So I actually, um, I'm a Reiki practitioner and from the first Reiki training and Reiki attunement that I had, I felt deeply connected to, um, you know, my ancestral lineage and my biological um, family in a way that I hadn't before. Um, Since I am a Korean adoptee and was relinquished at birth, I I just never thought that I would be able to connect in any kind of um, meaningful way with, you know, any sort of blood relatives. So I had just kind of, you know, dismissed it or um, just kind of thought that it was something that wasn't possible. So why like try to, um, you know, hope for that kind of connection and the Reiki and the energy work really allowed me to understand what it meant to be connected to um, to blood and to roots and to lineage. And then um, through some Reiki sessions that I received from my from my master and teacher, I actually got to see my birth mother in the session and um, like could literally see what she looked like and have a conversation with her. And and I did ask if we would meet in the physical plane and she said, no, um, not in this lifetime. And like, I could feel that no fill my body and like feel the truth of it, just, um, you know, hearing that. And that actually allowed me to grieve that loss in a real way because now, she was a person that I had a face and sort of a shape for. And before it had just been this abstract idea. Um, Mm, Yeah. Yeah. You just give me chills, man. Um, That's very powerful. So yeah. And I can, I can imagine that. um, How long ago was that on this whole journey of you started the fasting and there was, it sounds to me like there was a conscious thread to you for a very long time. Or, or certainly some curiosity to a non-material reality for a very long time, even though you maybe hadn't quite dropped into your purpose fully. That questioning, do you think that came as a consequence 
of this experience you had with your mother in, in the Reiki energy uh, session that you did or sessions? Or did that happen um, before the fasting? Yeah, so, um, yeah, the fasting or, you know, my spiritual awakening happened in 2016. And I did the Reiki training as well as um, um, a coaching training with the Academy for Soul-Based Coaching and the Tamalpa Institute life art process um, all around the same time in, in 2019. So I was, um, again, just sort of kind of steeped in, in the field, but I had through conscious dance and through, um, you know, my spiritual journey, I had realized that you know, I have, I am, you know, I have two masters in creative writing and I had thought that I might be an academic professor or like, you know, a writing teacher, but um, that was such a life of the mind that it wasn't fulfilling all of me. And when I took a class at the California Institute of Integral Studies in transpersonal psychology that was about, um, you know, really working in like the therapeutic setting um, as a guide and facilitator and using the Enneagram and, and movement and, um, and deep self-inquiry. In the dyad work, I realized that I love holding space for people and talking to people and um, really um, serving as, as a guide and as a coach. So that had started my path of doing um, the practitioner trainings. And then I just, I did the Reiki on a whim because um, one of my open floor teachers, um, you know, was doing it. And I was like, okay, I'll just see what it's about. And, and that did sort of drop me in to my body and into my purpose in a way that I hadn't been expecting. And yeah, and so also doing the soul-based coaching, I was able to um, explore the metaphoric connection to Korea and to my birth lineage through the clean facilitation and really draw out those metaphors and through the Tamopo work um, embody them. And so kind of drawing on all of the things I was involved in at the time really helped my process and really helped me integrate at a, at a much deeper level. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of imagining a really accelerated experience for you from i mean 2016 and then from there on in going through because you've lived your whole life in california and you're just going through life like okay i'm gonna write i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna study and then you had this experience when you were fasting the spirit guides came did they speak to you or, you know, what actually your cat's just meowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sorry about> that. <laughs> That's okay. I think I think she had some atmosphere to the, to the conversation. <laughs> um, just so the viewers know that is not my stomach. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, 
so this experience when these guides appeared happened right after the fasting so i'm just trying to get the chronology right in my own mind you had this fasting experience for that you're new to this and this was because you mentioned it was a relationship that you were in and and people around you and your friendship group and your circle they were doing this kind of thing yeah then these spirit guides came when you lit the fire this vision came to you and that's what then made you go i need to check further look further into uh what's going on here did it did it speak to you in a particular way did did you hear a voice or what happened when the spirits guides appeared (laughs) yeah so some of them did speak to me um and and really kind of offered me wisdom and direction that and a comfort i feel that really gave me more inspiration to continue with the journey and to go deeper um i think the first one that came that night that i lit the fire actually said that she was my twin flame and she doesn't exist like in this plane um but she said you know that she was there to help support me and guide me and that i could call on her if i ever needed to and that just kind of offered me some yeah comfort that i wasn't alone and um and i did actually i grew up in michigan so my family's still there so i i was feeling very isolated here in california at the time so just knowing you know that i did have support with these guides and um and i did a vision quest with my raven guide and she also spoke to me and um you know so like actually kind of put her um like the top of her head kind of on my head around my third eye and nestled me and i felt very like the that contact even though it you know wasn't necessarily like a a physical contact i could feel it in my body too that really warmed me and and again provided some of that comfort that i wasn't having you know in my sort of physical material circumstances yeah yeah well wow that's a a major explosion of an awakening to another reality (laughs) yeah yeah you know this wasn't a 50-year quest (laughs) this was a night by the fire (laughs) um so what so this you mentioned that your raven guide so i guess that's when you met the raven or or um how many guides appeared at that time yeah it was about two weeks and see the raven the green dragon my twin flame who said her name is Sima and um oh and and spiders which have always kind of tormented me throughout my life um and always seem to be here my housemate even attests that she never saw as many spiders in the house before i moved in um but, but they all the those revealed themselves in that couple week period and then um and then more have come um as i've you know been on the the path for you know these five six years wow so so that took you through some training 
clearly it took you through some ancestral healing when you you know met your mother um where did that then take you i guess that you know put some wind in your sails so to speak and and that took you further down the line um was there anything else big that happened uh one of the things in these conversations that i've started to learn is that some people have these big moments like huge moments a bit like you really because that's a huge moment um well to me my interpretation i should say i mean for you it might be like oh yeah i just met a dragon and the raven by the fire and it's cool <laughs> for me that's like a really big moment isn't it and for a lot of people who i've been talking to you know they've been saying um some some of them have been saying well for me it didn't really happen in one big bang um i had a series of experiences some the context of them started to change as I had the second one, the first one's meaning start to give more. And, you know, what happened for you as these guys came, you did your Reiki work, you did your training, and you started to expand in this area. What started to unfold after that for you in terms of waking you up on your own, on your own life journey? Yeah, I think one of the things for me is that you know as an adoptee I have from like the time that I you know am was conscious and you know could think and write and speak and read been trying to figure out who I am and sort of where I belong in the world and and what I have to offer and so that's made me very open to just the learning process and and these experiences so when yes I, I did feel like they were very dramatic um you know it is not every day that you talk to a raven or you know see a green dragon flying <laughs> at you um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well you know virtual reality is a thing now so you never know people might be having these experiences all the time <laughs> this is true <laughs> yeah but you know um but i think that openness and that curiosity and that desire to really find my place and and discover more about you know why i'm here and where i fit in led me you know not to dismiss it but to really stay open to it and want to go deeper into that exploration and that um that willingness i think to go with it and and to be in flow with it rather than 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 resist it although you know my therapist might say i had a lot of resistance um <laughs> but um, but yeah i just i feel like that kind of allowed me to expand rather than um you know go in a different direction and and by being able to expand and stay with it i did figure out, you know, oh, yeah, I have these gifts. And these really are part of what I can offer and help, you know, facilitate with with other people and, and serve in that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of getting that you're questioning about, you know, so you mentioned being an adoptee, you, you were asking questions from a very young age, you know, who am I? Where do I fit into this world and that kind of thing? I mean, it sounds like you've been questioning from a, from a really early age, actually, in some ways. Um, do you think that that's actually helped you to awaken 
I think so, because I was able to, and my, my adoptive parents have been so supportive, but they really allowed me to figure out who I was and to explore all these different things like dance and sports and philosophy and witchcraft. And, you know, I could try on like all these different things and, and really see what felt right to me and, you know, what felt authentic and, and what didn't so that when I did have the spiritual awakening and I was like, oh yeah, this does feel right. Cause I know, you know, what isn't right and how that feels. So I could really trust that this is the true path for me and, and that it really is a calling. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's amazing. Um, you already had a kind of nurturing environment which lent itself to your exploration. So I guess your only enemy, so to speak, was your own resistance, as you mentioned before, to inquire. Um, did you have a breaking point where that, like, so for example, for me, you know, I can, I can say, um, and I know we say the word awakening, we mean this as loosely as possible because, you know, we're all still developing, of course. Um, but I can say that I had to go through a lot of pain um, to really start asking, to just say, okay, what's really going on here for a fundamental shift in my perspective? Would you say that that you had any sort of major moments um, either before or since, um, even post the, the, the fireplace experience? You know, has any, has anything, what's, Where's the journey taken you? Or have you had any big moments even before the fireplace that really made you go, wow, there's got to be more here? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, the pain sort of of those, um, you know, really toxic relationships that I had kind of leading up to the spiritual awakening. Um, really put me in a place of questioning myself because I really was allowing, you know, my, my friends in these relationships to define me rather than myself. And I got to a place where I didn't even know who I was anymore because I was really just taking in all this external information and I was very confused and particularly in the last one that was really, um, just you know sexually and emotionally abusive and there was a lot of gaslighting I was very confused about what to believe and and I didn't trust myself so really um you know learning to be in my body and that I could trust my body and the the wisdom that was coming through you know, these spirit guide visitations and this connection to um, others and sort of the universe and energy fields allowed me to kind of find my way again and reclaim my voice and, and get in touch with how I was defining myself and how I was seeing myself again. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful stuff. And I know what you mean in terms of, uh, you know, um, 
I was, I was actually going to ask you when you say your relationships, did you mean romantic relationships, but it became clear as you explained more. So there was a big, um, big part of you having to really step out of those kind of manipulative environments to be able to say, well, who am I really? So that then took you through on this journey and I get the fasting and I get the, the experience with the guides. Now, the last five years, five and eight years in a bit, you must have had a number of other experiences because I can only imagine <laughs> after your guides connect with you, like in the fashion that you described, did they disappear? Did they stay forever? Um, what happened for you after that? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely still here. They come at different moments. You know, I don't always feel connected to every single one of them all the time. They will just sort of, you know, kind of give me a nudge when when I need their particular wisdom or medicine. Um, one of the one of the guys that came later, sort of my power animal, I was in a women's group. And I had actually just gotten rear-ended and was running late. I was like half an hour late and they were already meditating. So when I got there, I was very like kind of discombobulated and not in my body. <laughs> and through, you know, just kind of jumping into the meditation that was happening, um, this snow leopard jumped out of my chest and, um, you know, like literally flew out and then just kind of stared at me and I was like wow hello <laughs> and she made it known that she is sort of my my power animal and she's been kind of asserting herself more as, as the years have gone on particularly you know she came her first appearance was in 2017 and this year she's kind of towards the end of last year and this move to, to 2022, she's been with me almost every day saying, you know, pay attention to me and really, um, you know, get into my own empowerment. And I've also started using that theme with clients and some upcoming workshops I have that, you know, I feel very um, inspired and led by, by that at the moment. Um, you know that sort of inner power and and like ferocity yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. wow yeah so so where um where has this brought you now uh Kelsey in terms of you know your you've had this big wake-up moment that night by the fire um are you just cruising now <laughs> I feel very um, like, I feel like I'm very in flow and um, I actually got the feedback from one of my therapists recently that, you know, that sort of the switch from, you know, being sort of in that, like, well, being a victim and really being in that kind of, oh my gosh, I don't have a voice or any power to, to now. She said, you know, I made it look so effortless. And um, and I do feel like that is because I stayed open and um and really went with and, and followed through on these different, you know, visions and and things that came my way. And um and being in that flow, I think, has allowed 
even though it has definitely been painful along the way, a certain ease to it that um, that I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So when you, when you say um, even though it has been painful, what do you mean? Yeah, well, I guess you know. Um, I mean, when I did see my birth mother, there was a lot of grief, you know, that that brought up and and anger and and of course you know working through the abusive relationships um has also been there's been a lot of anger um and forgiveness and then anger again and forgiveness again so <laughs> and even you know now sometimes I, I you know I do find like oh my gosh I go back to that like angry place and then I'm like oh um so it's not linear. I definitely feel like, you know, there's, um, the work is always there. And that um, by staying open and really, you know, exploring it as much as I can in every time that it comes back up for me, that that, that does create a flow and an ease. And, um, you know, that does feel kind of like cruising along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that you're really an optimistic person. So even when the challenges come, I guess that optimism allows you to almost relax into it. It's hard, it's hard maybe relax into it sort of flimsy way of, <laughs> you know what I mean though, you know? Um, yeah. The challenges arise and it's, it feels like you have more confidence that you're able to deal with that. And I think one of the things, that's another insight from these conversations is that, you know, you mentioned it's not linear and, you know, for me, I'm asking questions in a very linear fashion. I appreciate that. Um, you know, what happened first, then what happened second, then what happened third. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I'm learning is people are saying, you know, actually it's not, it's not really happening in that way. Um, and I guess putting it into words almost forces it that forces it into a into a linear way, you know, in some sense. But actually, it's happening in all kinds of different patterns and orders. Um, is that would that make is that maybe right to you? What I'm saying? Would you say that that's true? Yeah, I think that. My experience is definitely, particularly looking back, um, don't feel linear. And yet, you know, there is a linearity to, you know, the timeline of how things happened. So yeah. I think it's really, it's, it's, it's both, you know, that there, they did happen in a chronological fashion. And, but how I make sense of them and how, you know, they feel um, is definitely not linear. And also the process itself is not linear like I said you know there is still anger and and I do go you know into my moments of um feeling sorry for myself about it still and I have much more resources and tools now to um come out of that much quicker and um and not go you know to that place as deeply too so that is such a clear explanation thank you for <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that yeah, I shall remember to play this back every time I uh, 
need clarity on that <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah so where where to now I mean um so you've come through this training and you know what has this I guess is what next for Kelsey yeah so um actually right before the pan a month before the the pandemic happened, I started an online coaching business um, to really help guide and hold space for people, you know, like me who are kind of going through those transitions or, you know, not really sure of their path, wanting to reclaim their voice and, um, you know, just, um, you know, have some guidance and um, because, you know, I did have so many great teachers and wonderful people supporting me along the way, you know, not just the, the spiritual guidance, but, but, you know, people that were really helping me in my process. Um, I just want to be able to return that gift and, and to help, you know, other people that are going yeah. through this. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were you doing beforehand? Before you yeah. even like career wise? So I have, you know, been a professional writer and artist. I have, um, you know, done some exhibitions around San Francisco and had some publications and was kind of going into the teacher route. Um, and I am still working on, on my PhD in transformative inquiry, but I'm very clear now that I don't want to go into academia, but be more of like the scholar practitioner where, you know, I can do sort of research and writing projects, that really just also helps serve this, this process of, you know, people learning to be their full selves and express, you know, themselves on all of the levels and sort of integrate these parts. Um, so it's not necessarily like, I know people in, in the business world love to say that they pivot. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I pivoted so much as just, um, you know, expanded Evolved. what was already there mm. yeah 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 and and the work I mean do you still do the art or um how is the art going to feature now and um does that show up it's so funny because earlier today I was having a discussion um uh with a friend of mine who's actually putting on an art show in London she's got synesthesia and she paints sounds and um I'm going to team up with uh a couple of uh, people to do a workshop in this space and I thought well look at that right synchronicity as they say if should such a thing really, really wow yeah <laughs> I was literally two hours ago no seriously oh it's literally two hours ago um so do you think your art is a part of your own you know journey in your own work um the the other day I was talking to uh Michael Taylor uh, a guy from Texas, actually, really amazing dude. And he was saying that, you know, for him, like music speaks to his heart in a way that words couldn't. Um, and it was such an integral part of his own waking up to a higher consciousness, to a non-material reality, to speaking to God directly. Will your art feature in that process for you on your own journey? Or how does this all tie together? 
Yes, it definitely does. I, um, you know, I've become an expressive arts coach and trained in the life art process, which I feel is a better fit for me. I have kind of moved away from, you know, doing exhibitions and the professional art field to just, um, you know, helping people see that, you know, everyone is an artist and everyone has this, um, ability to express themselves and, and connect to God and, um, and different, uh, different kind of, you know, alternate realities through these mediums, you know, with dance, with, um, with drawing, with, with writing, um, the kind of multimodal expressive arts that I do, you know, includes all three of those as well as some coaching to, to help really move the, the psychic material and express that through the various art forms for new insights and new revelations because it really does allow different things to move through you. Amazing. Yeah, uh, maybe I need to come on one of your courses because I've been taught I'm such a bad artist. <laughs> I wanted to get one joking, I wanted to joking. Um, but yeah, no, well, thank you so much for that. Um, I love the fact that you've explained something so so clearly as well. It's almost helped me to put other things into context, especially around this partially linear, partially nonlinear um, description of you know, process versus time and the whole emotional experience. So I mean, I imagine, you know, an event from the past can still continue to help you to wake up to even higher degrees of awareness um, as we kind of develop in life. So, yeah, well, thank you. Um, I guess it's just I'm mindful of your own time. I don't want to keep you too, too long just for starting a day, but I mean, is there anything that you would say you know it's looming large for you um right now or anything you want to share really just kind of open mm. yeah well i guess um you know one of the things that's really meaningful for me right now is that i am working in um my Tomoko institute fieldwork study with a with a group of korean adoptees to explore the life art process and this, you know, connection through energy and metaphor and um, and the different art modalities with them. And I find that particularly, you know, meaningful on this path that I, you know, have come kind of through like the, the social justice, like adoptee um, Asian American scene and now can bring that also into my spiritual um and artwork as well that's incredible well thank you um i could i, I mean you've got my mind going and i could just <laughs> you know maybe we need to have another conversation um down the line that. yeah yeah it's, you know there's so many neurons firing right now it's like like new year's day you know um in my in my brain anyway <laughs> so kelsey i just want to really say thank you i really appreciate you making the time to talk um and i appreciate the work that you're doing as well um it really captivated me and my attention when i read your essay 
and the deep work and the courage and everything that's involved in that. So thanks again. Um, let's stay in touch and all of your description links and everything else will be below this video if it's being watched um, or associated with the podcast if you're listening to this show. So that's it from me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Calvin. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning into this conversation with me on the Stories of Awakening podcast. It was an absolute delight to have you here. And this is just a reminder to head over to simplifyandmakespace.com to collect your free decluttering workbook to simplify your life and make way for the things that matter.